Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. Well, as you probably know, this past Monday was Columbus Day, also known as Indigenous Peoples Day, and that being this week, I wanted to spend this 95th episode of All Things sharing some Indigenous American history that is fairly new to me, some things I learned earlier this year, so I'm guessing it's going to be new information to you as well. Now, I grew up here in Colorado in the midst of indigenous American culture. Um, The Southwest here in the United States has many historical dwellings, many places that um, just pay tribute and honor to indigenous peoples in this part of America. Now, my parents were especially interested in indigenous American art and history and culture. In fact, when I was growing up, they regularly traveled at least once a year to Taos and Santa Fe in New Mexico. We would take family trips to historical Native American dwellings and landmarks. They collected art from indigenous artisans. My home uh, that I grew up in was truly covered in indigenous art, and our shelves were lined with the history books of indigenous peoples from this part of the United States. And yet, even growing up immersed in at least a piece of that history, I was not aware of what I'm going to share with you today. I, along with many other Americans, first heard about the horrors of Native American boarding schools just back in 2021. So in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day earlier this week, I wanted to take a deeper dive and invite you all into this conversation with me. So here's what happened back in 2021. Here's what I first learned about back then. The um, Interior Secretary named Deb Holland, who is the first Native American to serve as a cabinet secretary in the United States, back in 2021, she issued a memorandum directing the Department of the Interior to investigate the federal Native American boarding school system. She wanted them to examine the scope of the system with a focus on the location of schools, burial sites, and identification of children who attended the schools. So hopefully the words burial sites just stopped you in your tracks. Hopefully those two words really caught your attention. The Department of the Interior conducted the first stages of their investigation, and they released their report in April of this year. So back in 2021, Secretary Holland called for this investigation. A year later, the report was first released, um, and that's earlier this year. So this report is the first time that the United States government has acknowledged that between 1819 and 1969, which by the way is over 150 years, the United States operated or supported 408 boarding schools across 37 states or then territories, including 21 schools in Alaska and seven schools in Hawaii. So now I'm going to quote here from the cover letter that went on top of the report that was sent to Interior Secretary Holland. Um, This is a quote from that letter. This report confirms that the United States directly targeted American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian children in the pursuit of a policy of cultural assimilation that coincided with Indian territorial dispossession. It identifies the federal Indian boarding schools that were used as a means for these ends, along with at least 53 burial sites for children across this system, with more site discoveries and data expected as we continue our research. So continuing the quote, 
It says, this report places the federal Indian boarding school system in its historical context, explaining that the United States established this system as part of a broader objective to dispossess Indian tribes, Alaska native villages, and the native Hawaiian community of their territories to support the expansion of the United States. The federal Indian boarding school policy was intentionally targeted at American Indian, Alaska native, and native Hawaiian children to assimilate them and consequently consequently take their territories. This historical context is important to understanding the intent and scale of the federal Indian boarding school system and why it persisted for 150 years. So to sort of put that in my own jargon, what this report is saying is that for 150 years, as the United States pursued in the acquisition of land, that belonged to Indian tribes, Alaska Native villages, and Native Hawaiian community members, as the report says, um, in an attempt to take that land, children of these indigenous populations, these indigenous people groups, were taken most of the time forcibly and put into boarding schools. So as the land was taken, so too were the children taken. Now, there was a congressional hearing earlier this year Um, where they wanted to explore the abuses at the federal Indian boarding school system. So that was back in June, um, a congressional hearing where survivors were invited to come and give an account of what they lived through personally. These survivors are still living. Many of them are quite young, actually. Some of these abuses occurred as recently as the 1950s. So at that congressional hearing, Secretary Holland said this, For over a century and a half, the federal government forcibly removed indigenous children from their families and communities, and many never returned home. This intentional targeting and removal of Native children to achieve the goal of forced assimilation was both traumatic and violent. So apparently, these boarding schools promised a better life for children, but the investigation found that 19 boarding schools accounted for the deaths of more than 500 children. The report says that the school system used militarized and identity alteration methods, including renaming American Indian children with English names, cutting off Native American students' hair, and discouraging American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian languages, religions, and cultural practices. So the schools used corporal punishment to enforce their rules, including placing children in solitary confinement, flogging, withholding food, whipping, slapping, and cuffing. And at times, the report says that the schools ordered older children to discipline younger ones. The report found rampant physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, disease, malnourishment, overcrowding, and lack of health care. So the report also conveys that the United States government collaborated with churches to Christianize the schools. Many of the schools were run by Catholic priests and nuns. So there's that element as well um, of bringing in these indigenous populations, requiring the children to speak English, to dress in the traditional fashion that the Catholic priests and nuns required, and then um, assimilating them into the Catholic faith as well. Now, the link... um, My show notes have tons of links, both to that report and other news stories. If you go to the links, you can find lots of pictures and testimonials and stories of survivors and those who are um, descendants of survivors sharing what actually happened. 
So earlier this year at that congressional hearing, these survivors came and shared their own stories. You can even at some of the links see video of these men and women giving the testimony of what happened to them. And it's so striking to me because they're quite young. I mean, they look like they're probably in their 60s and they're describing what happened to them when they were forcibly taken and put in boarding schools as recently as the 1950s. Now that congressional hearing was um, regarding proposed legislation. So there's legislation currently um, being proposed. It's called the Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding School Policies in the U.S. Act. It's Bill H.R. 5444 and S2907. So this bill is proposed, this legislation is pending, and these survivors came to share their stories. Um, So many men and women who, you know, look to be the ages of my own parents or even younger, described as recently as the 1950s of being abused in these schools. Um, One man described being abused with a cattle prod. He described what it was like to be locked out during cold winter days. Um, One woman said she was afraid to sleep because of the physical and sexual abuse that she endured. Another man said that the sexual, physical, psychological, and spiritual abuse was just rampant among himself and those that he lived with. Secretary Holland says, it is a history that we must learn from if we are to heal. Now, Secretary Holland is herself a member of the Laguna Pueblo tribe, and her great-grandfather was taken to the United States Indian Industrial School in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And that school was open from 1879 to 1918. And this is a quote from Secretary Holland. She says, when my maternal grandparents were only eight years old, they were stolen from their parents, culture, and communities, and forced to live in boarding schools until the age of 13. Many children like them never made it back to their homes. Each of those children has a missing family member a person who was not able to live out their purpose on this earth because they lost their lives as a part of this terrible system. So this is what created these mass graves, these burial sites where hundreds and thousands of children actually are found, um, their remains are found. So children who died from disease or from malnourishment or were abused so harshly that they died from that. Now, a similar history is currently unfolding in Canada. The remains of more than 200 children were found there in 2021 at a boarding school, but the number of graves that have now been discovered in Canada is up to 1,000. Pope Francis actually went to Canada earlier this year, this past summer, and he met with survivors of the residential schools, and he issued an apology to them. So they are starting to pursue some kind of healing process in Canada. Native Nations scholars here estimate that almost 40,000 children died at indigenous boarding schools. According to this report commissioned by the U.S. government, the US, uh, by the U.S. Interior Department, this is a quote, they expect that continued investigation will reveal the approximate number of Indian children who died at federal Indian boarding schools to be in the thousands or tens of thousands. Interior Assistant Secretary for Indian Affairs, Brian Newland, he's the one who led the investigation and penned the report that was sent to Secretary Holland. He said this, quote, federal Indian boarding schools have had a lasting impact on Native people in communities across America. That impact continues to influence the lives of countless families, from the breakup of families of tribal nations to the loss of languages and culture, 
practices, and relatives, this has left lasting scars for all Indigenous people. So of course you can imagine what it would be like as a parent to be promised a better life for your child or for your child to be forcibly removed, taken to a boarding school, perhaps across the country from where your family is located, and for that child to lose their dress, their language, their cultural practices, to be required to assimilate, to endure uh, disease or malnourishment, or to be left out in the cold, or of course, perhaps most horrifically, to endure abuse that was sexual or physical or psychological. I mean, this this story is almost too much to imagine. It's um, it's almost incomprehensible like that this is part of our national history. And yet, I don't know about you, but for me, growing up in the midst of a lot of indigenous history and people, this truth was never taught to me. This was never conveyed in any of my classrooms. And I was in fact shocked to first hear about it back in 2021. Um, and, and as the investigations go on, I mean, we've just started, we've just scratched the tip of the iceberg here. As investigations go on, we're learning more and more about the atrocities that happened during that 150 year stretch. So how do we respond to a headline like this, something that is so disturbing and really so close to home? I mean, this is not a history that's far removed. For us as Americans, this happened right here, and this happened within pretty recent history. So how do we respond? Well, I think the first thing we do is we just seek to know about it. Um, The fact that it wasn't covered in our education, the fact that these schools were not widely known or talked about amongst us in American culture, you know, these this abuse and these deaths weren't publicly and widely covered until 2021. So obviously these indigenous families knew what happened. They knew their children were taken from them. They knew that their children either came back um, after enduring some mistreatment or their children never made it back. There's also reports of many children who fled and committed suicide. But the outcry the ways that these families probably cried out about the injustice was either covered up or it was ignored or their perspective and their voices just weren't given the attention and the weight that they really deserved. This genocide, this abuse happened in very recent history and we really should know about it. So I think the first thing we do to respond is we don't look away. We acknowledge that this is recent history right here on our own soil and and we acknowledge it, we know about it, we, we do what we can to learn about it. I think if you wanted to respond politically and through legislation, then you could take some time to research the bill that is pending, the Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding School Policies in the U.S. Act. That's Bill H.R. 5444. Take a look at that online, see what it says, contact your congressman or woman or senators and voice your support, give them your thoughts about this particular legislation. Of course, I think for those of us who follow Christ, we ought to respond in a spiritual way. Uh, One thing we can always do is we can pray and just ask the Lord to bring what has been in the darkness into the light. Ask God to make known to us um, what happened, that He would help those who are survivors, that He would help those who have descended from survivors. So prayer is obviously something that you and I can do today. 
another way that we could respond spiritually is to go and find some gospel-centered, um, justice-oriented organizations that serve indigenous, indigenous Americans. They do exist. Um, I actually just did a quick search, and I'm not going to link them because I want you to go find your own. Um, I haven't fully vetted any any particular organization, so I don't feel like I can link it, but anybody can do a few minutes of research. Just in my quick search, I found MTW, Mission to the World. I found Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, um, and a handful of other gospel-centered organizations that specifically serve Indigenous Americans and seek to bring holistic healing to these communities who have been so mistreated. Um, I think another way that you can respond is this fall. You know, we just had Columbus Day. We just had Indigenous Peoples Day. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. Of course, our Thanksgiving practices and history are interwoven at great depth with Indigenous peoples. But take time this fall, maybe, especially if you're a parent, to go to the library, to go online, find books and resources that honor the voices of indigenous peoples and honor their perspective and honor their history. This is one thing that I really loved about our years of homeschooling was I was able to do this with my kids, with my children, um, when it came to any people group and when it came to any kind of history as I was not beholden to a specific kind of curriculum, but I could do my own research and find voices and perspectives from so many different places. And in our time as a family, we did, in fact, um, grab hold of a number of books written from the perspective of Indigenous Americans. And it made our Thanksgiving celebration and our awareness of history that much richer. So um, do what it takes to find resources and to educate your family. I think that it's just crucial that you and I, who are Americans, that we acknowledge that we grew up in a nation that committed these atrocities. You know, we live under a government, we live under a system that oppressed and abused indigenous peoples. And while they and their ancestors have suffered gravely, by and large, you and I have not. Many of us who are not um, of indigenous descent, we have not suffered. In fact, in many cases, we are the direct beneficiaries of land that was taken or the products and the wealth of the land that was taken. And it's no secret that the mental health, the emotional well-being, the physical health amongst indigenous Americans is not good. We know that. We know that this is a people group that currently suffers in many, many ways. And that is a direct result that is that has been caused largely by our country's history and the role that our government has played in that. Now, I know the situation is complex. I know that suffering you know, is the result of many streams, um, not just one, but the reality is our government played a role. So how can you and I, knowing this, how can we support making it right? How can we um, play a role in making it better? You and I who follow Christ, we are Christians and we are called to know and believe the truth. We are people of the truth. So it doesn't honor our Lord and creator to hide from these truths or to minimize them in any way, which I feel like is what has taken place over the last couple hundred years. These things have been minimized. These things have been hidden, but that is not God honoring. Um, those of us who are Christians are called to love justice and love mercy. So what might that look like here? How might we be able to support justice and mercy when it comes to indigenous Americans? And of course, our God is a resurrection God. He is the God of all nations. I love to remind myself and remind my listeners 
that our God is creative and he made diverse people and he loves all tribes, tongues, and nations, all ethnicities. We see evidence of that in the creation account, God's creativity. We see evidence of that in Genesis when God promises that Abraham will be, all nations, all nations will be blessed through Abraham. We see God's love for the nations in the Great Commission when he tells us to go to all nations and make sure that all nations hear about Jesus. We see his love for the nations in the book of Revelation, where we are told that every tribe, tongue, and nation will be present, worshiping our God for eternity. So we see a God who loves diversity, ethnicities, and nations. He's the God who made indigenous peoples. He loves them. Every child who was abused or murdered in these boarding schools was a precious image bearer, uniquely made by our God for a purpose. So it is good and it is right for you and me to pause and to grieve and to ask the Lord to bring healing. Our God is big and he is able. This situation feels so immense and um, as if it, it could never be healed, but our God is able. So let's cry out to him and ask him for that. As with so many things that I cover on all things, I know this feels overwhelming. And it's true that we are finite human beings and that you and I cannot fix it ourselves. But I think it's important that we know, that we know this history. This is not far removed from us. This is about us. This is about you and me who are Americans. So let's take time to know what is true. And when we know more, we can do better as a people and we can do better as a nation. We can require our governments to do better. And let's be praying to our God for healing. And then let's just be on the lookout. You know, our God is the one who is sovereign. He is the one who's in charge of every person and everything happening on this planet. So as we pray, then we can just be on the lookout for what role we might pray, we might play when it comes to justice and mercy in this situation. So thanks for taking time to listen to this all things. Thanks for taking time to dive a little bit deeper, maybe click on some of those links, be praying, looking for ministries to support. Um, But this is something that is close to home. I hope that the news spreads and that there's a greater awareness amongst us of what happened here on our own soil in very recent years. I know it is hard and it is heavy, But again, we serve a resurrection God who is able to bring light in the darkness and who is able to heal. So friends, thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now.